0: everybody, happy Friday. This is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com with
1: Eric Moline from SceneStealers.com. Hi, how's it going? Not bad, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm uh, mourning the loss of a great movie that we talked about last week called I Love You, Philip Morris. Yeah. It was at Liberty Hall for one week. One and done. And it's and it's gone. And you know what? I, I applaud Liberty Hall for bringing Blue Valentine this week. That's awesome. Yeah. Blue Valentine is one of the best movies of the year. Uh, and Black Swan is one of the best movies of the year. Both of those um, movies are showing there now, and they appeared in my top five. But... Um, it's just it's too bad that we only have two screens because i love you philip morris really uh is a, a movie that's been hugely overlooked this yeah. season and uh so if it wasn't if you if you didn't go out in the snowstorm uh you're probably yeah. uh, you're kind of kind of You basically had a one. 5
0: day window to see it. Yeah. And pretty so much if you missed your window you're going to have to wait Probably two weeks until it comes out on DVD because I know they're trying to like <laughs> get weeks. it out and forget about it as quick. The studio is just trying to get it out and forget about it as quickly as humanly possible.
1: You know, I actually saw a great blog online. I don't want to get off the subject. I'll make it quick. But uh, somebody was talking about uh, uh, how they were they were they were coming from another country. Mm-hmm. And they were flying back into America, and they were looking looking forward to going home. And I love you, Philip Morris was the movie on the airplane, mm-hmm. because over overseas it was kind of a hit, right? Yeah. But it was just too quote gay for America, and so it didn't really get that wide release. But it was a big hit overseas. She saw it uh, on the, on the plane and had heard about it. You know, it, it's been done for over a year now, yeah. and uh, it kind of made her sad that this great movie that. Uh, was really really funny and and actually has a lot of um you know emotion in it as well uh wasn't something that could be shown in america yeah. so anyway just a well, little thing for i love you philip morris when it comes out on dvd we'll remind everybody we will
0: but we got a good show for you today uh we're going to talk about blue valentine since yes. Eric just mentioned it we are going to talk about that we're also going to talk about the uh, new movie at the company men starring ben affleck yep and then we're going to go over a couple of things, a little bit of Oscar backlash, and then maybe just touch on the sag real the quick. The
1: sags. Ugh. <laughs> the sag sagged.
0: Okay. Well, let's get started with Blue Valentine, a movie I think we may have mentioned once or twice before on here. I'm not exactly
1: sure. It was on our best movies on the list. We've talked about it for the Oscars. It's finally here I pretty much, in Lawrence. I've pretty
0: much hailed Ryan Gosling for two months now. and, and bemo- To no avail. Yeah, bemoaned that he's not going to... Um, win or get nominated for anything but
1: you know it's great that michelle williams is is nominated These, those are the two lead actors in this movie and uh you know the whole movie uh was put together in a really interesting way yeah
0: well what happened was it actually before they even got started it was uh, because michelle williams and ryan gosling are so uh, method i guess would be the way to describe it they actually lived together in a house on a on a um middle-class budget. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but they lived uh, together with the child actor um, in the movie for I think it was two months or a month before the actual filming started. Um, The way it was actually put together, a lot of the movie is improvised. A lot of the movie scenes were sort of shot uh, in a very guerrilla style where they they went to locations without permits or um, any sort of... um, notification to the city government beforehand shot scenes really quick and then got out of there um and a lot of the movie is just these these characters sort of or um these actors living in these characters um they had sort of a general outline of what the movie was going to be and and um had specific lines and plot points to hit but they fill all the spaces in between with some some very genuine moments because they 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 come completely from um where these actors think these characters are coming from
1: I think it 's great. I, I, what, I, what I really like about it, um, besides the central conceit of the film, which is that we 're looking at a relationship coming together uh, as they fall in love these two people, and uh, that same relationship about four years later disintegrates yeah yeah, and, and so that, that watching those scenes um, cut back and forth. Uh, you know, these these parallel stories being told at the same time is really heartbreaking because as you see their love deepen, you're also seeing it completely fall yeah. apart. But what I like about it besides that is the fact that uh, most movies will have uh, this great big moment where everything changes and the, and the character realizes, i got to go get the girl or right. something like that, or, you know, these life-changing moments. And, and movies are based on that. When you, when you go to screenwriting class, uh, you learn that each movie uh, is about a turning point in somebody's life. This this movie is also about a turning point, but we've missed that turning point. Right? They've cut it out completely. We're seeing uh, the, what happened before and what happened after because sometimes in real life, I think that turning point isn't so obvious, no. like it is. And in the it's film. not
0: it's not necessarily a single inciting Event. incident. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a, a chain of incidents that might be stretched over four years, like it is in, in this movie.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, is 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 Blue Valentine a depressing? And challenging picture, absolutely. Yeah. Is it the worst date movie in recent memory? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It, just in
0: time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Don't. I mean. I will. If, I will, I will go
1: this far. I will say if you have a significant other, go see this movie with somebody else, yeah. and let them go see it with somebody yeah. else. You know. I, how, you I know will how you say s- though
0: the, the thing about that that I really loved. Um, the, the the sort of love story or that aspect of it was very the whole movie is very well done um, and very earnest I would I would say and I I usually hate words like that but it's very appropriate in this sense um, and the love story was very organic and 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 believable to me the way that they come together and there are some scenes that just sort of stick with you I mean I've I've watched the movie. Three times now, and it was not...
1: <laughs> You're a braver man <laughs> it, it, than it, I.
0: Yeah, it was not, it's not an easy movie to get through more than once. Um, there are some um, really memorable moments, like the first time there's a flashback, or the first time that his uh, Gosling's character sees Michelle Williams' character, you actually don't... The viewer doesn't actually get to see her. You just get to see him looking at her, and that's punctuated by a very soaring moment in a grizzly bear song there's a, and then the the way the movie actually ends and the the credit sequence is also appropriate i guess it's 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 a moving there are moving moments in this movie that that stick with you for a long time after both in in the in the like soaring happy respect and then also in the depressing lowest of the low mm-hmm. um that there are moments that really hit you but i did love the love story especially because you know that like that mo- the movie as a whole really sort of represents the mm-hmm. The, the entire arc of a relationship and just, you know, how great it is that, you know, you're able to find someone and and all that and that love works and how terrible it is when it falls apart. But it does, in a way, for me, end on a positive note in its own weird way. Because
1: in that it's not going to work for either of them and it's time to move on and at least they have their lives ahead of them. No, you know? and spoiler. Um. Well, I mean, it, we already <laughs> said that the the whole thing's falling apart, right? Right, but you know and they it, don't miraculously get back together they, they the put end. it all together Spoiler. actually
0: yeah. he shows up with a dozen roses and everything's fine that's how <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's kind of they basically rip off the pretty okay, woman you tell it. me what you think I really I, I think the reason I think it's positive is isn't because they're able to move on they've got the rest of their lives it's not that but it's because that the events that got them there happened in the first place that they were able to feel that much and, 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 and want so much for another person at all is a very rare and um, precious experience for two people to have. And so overall, that coming together, I thought that was really... It was beautiful, Trevor. Oh, no, thanks. I, I read it on a Hallmark card. <laughs> um, but all that coming together—I mean, that, that's sort of the, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. People get together. That's the whole point of relationships. That's the whole reason that, that um, anyone tries to, <laughs> to, to make a go at life with anyone else. And it really did a great job of, of capturing that sort of the, the promise that a relationship can hold. And even if it falls
1: apart, you know, it was good. At, you know, for at least a little bit. At least we were good for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know it's too bad that director uh, Derek Cienfrance, um put this whole movie together, that he that he cannibalized Grizzly Bear's back catalog, and that they didn't have a song that was written originally just for this movie, yeah. uh, because then we might have a chance to see them perform it on the Oscars instead of Randy Newman and Alan Menken and all the same yeah. crap that we get every year. So Alan Menken, man, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Oscars um, later.
0: And I'll be hosting
1: a, a co hosting an Oscar thing in Kansas City. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. At uh, Cross Crosstown Town Station. Station. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we might have uh, a Lawrence Oscar party forthcoming, so keep an eye out on that. In the meantime, we're going to move on from. Speaking from of Blue Ernest. <laughs> Ernest, yeah. yeah.
1: We're going to move on from Blue Valentine. We're going to go on to the company men. You you, you used the word Ernest to talk about Blue Valentine, but then you followed it up with uh, saying that it didn't have. A lot of those big, obvious moments that that other movies have, mm-hmm. I would argue that The Company Man is an absolute template for what not to do in a movie. This movie yeah. is overly earnest, overly didactic, uh, obvious, um, kind of insulting. Here's the premise. And very dull.
0: Here's the premise. Ben Affleck is a he's a sales rep for a, a a big company that that deals with like shipping and mercantile, and it's it's a multinational. Um, just a big giant company and um they don't really even get into the details exactly of what it does and it was miraculously Except that it's an old company yeah that it was it's built from the forever. ground up right for like 50 years ago and craig t nelson's the ceo and he built it with his bare hands and it's been there forever and ever and ever and he gets laid off at the beginning of the movie um and so the the movie then becomes about him trying to piece his life together going from making like 120 thousand dollars a year um, and his wife being
1: a, a nurse or a doctor or something to now being a single-income family. And after putting together what his character is like in the first five minutes of this film... You hate him. And knowing <laughs> and knowing uh, that, that he's lost his job and that this is in the middle of re- the recession, you can pretty much guess exactly what his journey is going to be yeah. towards humility and, and realizing... Uh, you know, his, his, uh, it's the, one of this those not movies all in life and it just it goes exactly like yeah. you would think it would. It's
0: one of those movies. It's like, a, I, I like to call them Salisbury Hill movies because every movie like this has that Peter Gabriel song in it somewhere. Yeah. And I'm amazed that there hasn't been a trailer with Salisbury Hill in it, but there are several moments where I was like, Hey, they could play it right here because <laughs> this is, this is the most like stereotypical, straightforward um, I hated this movie. I did too. I hated. I detested it. every frame of it. Yeah. I hated every wow, every frame. I, I'm of not going to go that far. I hated it. I hated it. I, everything about it. Like Let's, I, I had. It was impossible for me to identify or sympathize with the main character. You know, yeah. it was really hard for me to feel sorry for this guy who came from a six figure job, who had a loving wife and a beautiful family. Who she repeatedly says, "Let's eat out less. Let's sell the car. Right. Let's do this. I want to make this work." I want us to be okay. It's, and he just stubbornly refuses to right. do what any, like... It wants any, to keep golfing, yeah.
1: wants to hold on to the Porsche.
0: Yeah, goes to her work and yells at her because she canceled his green fees. You yeah. know, just the stupidest stuff that I'm supposed to feel bad for him about. I mean, there's nothing sympathetic or, or interesting about his character at all. He's a big, spoiled
1: baby. Well, so what they try to do, this... We're, we're talking and, about and they also, Ben Affleck. They, yeah, ben Affleck. Trying, But there's other characters There are other guys the at the same Tommy company. Jones. Tommy
0: Lee Jones is the, like, he's he's one of the head... He's, he's like the vice president, or he's, he's really he's high up, up there. Yeah, he's, he's like second, second in command, command and he's like got a, he manages an entire wing that gets closed down. It makes him mad. Um, Chris Cooper is also higher up there. He gets labeled a brown noser, and um, he's sort of a corporate joke amongst people beneath him, but he's got a pretty secure job, too. And then, you know, we mentioned already, but there's Craig T. Nelson. He's the CEO. And then there's um,
1: Kevin Costner
0: costners in it and he's this like blue collar blue collar oh man and he his first line is exa- is just as on point as anything else in this movie he says his first line to Ben Affleck is you uh, lay off many other guys and send their jobs overseas that's <laughs> his first that's his first line in the movie um and then also there's uh, Maria Bello who I'm pretty sure at this point is contractually obligated to be topless or nude in at least one scene in every movie she does. I'm fine with that. But, you know, it's she she is in this movie and it's really frivolous. There's there's no reason for it to be there, but it's just there. It's gotten to the point now that whenever I see Maria Bello in a movie I'm like, "How is she going to be naked in this one?" So, we're 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 railing against this movie and it's just they they're trying so hard to like be on point and be timely with right. this, you know, like oh the recession and oh people are getting laid off and it's never been harder to be
1: a worker. It turns person. out that the movie was written like ten years ago. Yeah. yeah did you find that out? Yeah. yeah. And so um, when when the recession happened, they got dusted it off and updated a little
0: bit and put it back together. Here so. it is. But yeah, it's uh, been option forever.
1: So. Let me let me just say this, okay? Tommy Lee Jones and Chris Cooper are two of the best actors uh, alive, mm-hmm. and they have these. Expressive kind of, especially Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. this craggy face that just looks like you know he he's he's he, seen every. He does tired really well. Yeah, and and honestly, uh, I thought uh, Kevin Costner, despite being kind of saddled with this stereotypical role i thought he did a good job of of making these corny lines kind of work and not being too cheesy about it uh he's you can actually see he's he's a little bit overweight he's got a bald spot yeah uh he's not the charming uh kevin costner that he usually is the charming you know uh drunk that he was in in um tin cup well there's tin cup and then (laughs) and then uh uh, Mr. Brooks? What's the. No, I'm thinking of a great movie that I can't remember. With Joan Allen. Uh, I can't remember the title of it right now. The Postman? No, you're killing me. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, so anyway, what I'd like to say is that, and, and along with Rosemary DeWitt and, and Maria Bello, who I thought was very good, yeah. all, the, all of these actors are doing a great job. And then you have Ben Affleck, and I don't want to rail on the man too much, but his face doesn't do that much and and i th- i didn't feel like <laughs> his like, face doesn't do you know much. what i'm saying no, He's 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 kind of like a blank slate sometimes and yeah. maybe he comes from the robert mitchum school of less is more let's, uh, not, when, ever, when let's not ever let's not ever make that let's it. not ever make that comparison well, well, I'm, no, I'm trying to say no, when robert mitchum I don't, did it, not worked because you could see something behind i don't want to see that
0: i don't want to see that comparison through to its conclusion I,
1: I don't think Affleck is um, you know the, the right person for this movie and and like you said it was very hard to sympathize with him who knows if that was even the point but I just know that watching this movie you know and if it it's not dreary the, and yeah and it if it's not
0: the point then what then, then the point is that that uh, you what spoiled rich people
1: have it tough too
0: you know I, I don't really know what the point is if it's not to feel bad for him and it was impossible to feel bad or identify with him at all.
1: It's just interesting to see a movie that isn't afraid to show people that are so far up their own asses that mm-hmm. they can't realize it. Yeah. So that, in, in that respect, it was interesting. And if and that's if they'd, really
0: what it's like, then... If they'd run with that and made it more of a comedy...
1: You know, I would have been okay with it. If, if this been, was a dark comedy, it yeah, could
0: have been... It could have been really funny if, if like Peter Weir had done it or someone like that and it had been <laughs> a real dark comedy.
1: If it wasn't the movie that we're talking about. Yeah, if it, it, was, if it were a completely different movie, it would be good. So, uh, so now uh, let's quickly talk about... Uh, we'll, we'll kind of run this together, I guess. The SAG Awards happened on Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, there
0: were absolutely no surprises. And most self-congratulatory award show... On the planet, we're proud they to be actors.
1: Really I'm hooray happy for Happy to be in this community. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of fun to drop in on them and see them all uh, celebrating their their union and things like that. Yeah. Um. But it is a little tough to worry about the rich actors and their union. But no, I think I, I like the way that they celebrate commercials and things like that. So it's not just feature yeah. film actors. But anyway, nothing surprising happened, uh, including the fact that the King's Speech took home the Best Ensemble Award, mm-hmm. which is, in some respects, not always, but in some respects, uh, their version of the, of the best picture. Right. And and since the Golden Globes, uh, the King's Speech has won the Producers Guild Award. Tom Hooper beat David Fincher for the Directors Guild Award. Which is crazy. It is crazy. And the SAG Awards, uh, uh, like we just said, the ensemble went to the King's Speech. And, and I read a, an interesting article in Entertainment Weekly uh, by their film critic, Owen Gleiberman, Mm -hmm. who was talking about social networks early front runner status and how praised it was by critics. And now how there's this big backlash and that this backlash is not necessarily happening just with with some critics. It's actually happening with uh, movie fans all over the Web. Like they're all going, you know, we heard so much about this movie and we we thought it was good, but we don't get why it's so awesome. And everybody's throwing all of their support behind a more traditional movie like The King's Speech. Yeah. And, and in his, in his uh, article, he compares the social network's journey to that of last year's uh, early Oscar frontrunner, which then got buried by the Hurt Locker, up in the air. Yeah. And I don't think up in the air and the social network compare at all in terms of quality. Um, but, uh, in, or in terms of movies that will live, live forever. I think the social network will. Um, but it's an interesting thing uh, in terms of, like, strategy of when you release your movie and, yeah. and how easily digestible it is. And I think the problem with The Social Network for most people is that, um, or for many people, is that it's not easily digestible. It doesn't have one story thread. It doesn't have one obvious moral. It's, it's very complicated. And, and, um, and that's why I love it. And, and I like The King's Speech just fine. It's a, it's a nice inspirational movie, and it's, it's a story well told. But... Uh, I'm I'm very disappointed to see the social network kind of losing support. I forgot to mention that this is the part of the podcast where um
0: Meline rationalizes why you don't like things.
1: <laughs> no, I absolutely think uh I I've, I've come to something there. I'm okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. This is the part where I second guess the audience.
0: It is it is an interesting <laughs> comparison though. I mean, Up in the Air was really, you know, considered and it even won the Golden Globe. You know, it was it was largely considered to um be an Oscar front runner. I think I, I interviewed um Jason, Jason Reitman when that movie was first coming out and everything. And I mean it was already getting enough praise and everything and it had got it had been huge at Toronto. He'd shown it at the Toronto Film Fest and all this stuff. He was very sure of himself at that point. He was he was pretty excited about the movie. And so it's disappointing to see. I mean, I think it it got to the Oscars and what, at one best adapted screenplay and that was it?
1: I can't even remember
0: yeah one best adapted screenplay, and the the guy who wrote the first draft of it went up with him and grabbed the Oscar first
1: yeah yeah yeah, 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 and yeah. Now, can I
0: can actually hold it
1: i would I would just um okay, so yeah, so Trevin's making fun of me and, and for good reason because I'm trying to second guess everybody, but for all of all of the people uh uh who who thought that the social network was just okay, I challenge you to watch it again and and think about all the different th- issues that it raises the my, the best thing I like about it is that you can come away, you can talk to 10 different people who come away with different ideas of what it was really about and how they felt about the people involved. And I think that's what makes a great movie. You bring what you've got in your own life into it and you come out feeling something and it may not be the same as, as somebody else.
0: There you have it. I'm gonna leave it there too because <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about it. We've we've gone on about that. I think we've talked about the social network just as much as we have Blue Valentine okay. a lot, and a lot of good that. has Sorry about that. Bye everybody. Bye bye. It's Kevin McGee from BlueMorris.com. Mm-hmm. Have, have a good weekend.